If you like Autumn Day Wild's Emma, watch the movie and listen to our episode. It's a good one. It's one of my favorites. Okay, Spencer, you don't need to hop on and agree or anything. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was smiling and nodding. You know, this is an auditory <laughs> platform, right? Right, right, right. I love <laughs> Welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Star-Lord, legendary outlaw. Sure, Spencer. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Heard of that person before. Star-Lord, legendary outlaw. Never, never heard of him? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Elizabeth? Uh, nothing much. I see you're drinking LaCroix again. Yeah, I'm really... <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I've really fallen off the rocker the past two weeks. Um, yeah, I haven't had water in a couple weeks. I think I need help. <laughs> Spencer, I'm back on the Lacroix binge. I can't help it. I I just it's it's been it's been rough. You can also drink both of them. You know, you can have like water and a can of Lacroix. <laughs> oh, you can. <laughs> I just, it seems like it's one or the other for you, so. See, the thing is, I got that giant gallon water bottle, right? Yeah. And I was, I was killing it the first, you know, five, six episodes of the season. I was killing it. And then I just have to keep filling it up every single day. And it's just like. Yeah. Uh, it's a water bottle. <laughs> I need help, Elizabeth. <laughs> Maybe buy maybe get two of them. I have like I have two big water tumblers, so like I can swap them out. Oh, I see. Like a morning water bottle and a night water bottle. No, or? like I'll use one all day, and then the next day I'll use the other one, so I have like time to wash it. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Peter Quill drinks water. I don't think Peter Quill does drink water. Um, but. He's definitely on something because he's living in space, everybody. This week, we watched Guardians of the Galaxy for our our space, our space month, our sci-fi month. Yes, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I've seen the first and the second one an infinite amount infinite amount of times <laughs> i just i've was peter quill aka star lord for halloween so i, I often remember feel that. like i often feel like i am star lord but i'm not but i wish i was that it's was just a like good halloween costume for you oh my gosh thank you i just i love i love everything about guardians of the galaxy i love i used to be obsessed with pirates growing up mm -hmm. weren't we all <laughs> right and then I discovered Guardians of the Galaxy and the comics. And now I'm like, I just want to be a space pirate who just parties and listens to 70s music and goes to clubs and has lots of girlfriends and hangs out with raccoons. Yeah, can't remember their names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this movie, especially because like, I don't know, it was like the first Marvel movie where you, you were like, who are these people? Like... What are like I because because I don't read the comics I was like oh. and then it was like so much fun and colorful 
unlike the rest of the Marvel movies. It was like, oh. <laughs> right at this point in the MCU, everyone knew every single, you know, character to come up. I mean, mm-hmm. Thor had, I think, two movies at this point. Iron yeah. Man might have had two, maybe even three. Captain America, like everyone knew the same characters. And this was the first movie because I even remember when it came out and it was like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I didn't see it at first. I was like, okay, like it's I wasn't so into the Marvel Universe as I am now. Yeah. And now it's like the best. I'm obsessed with them. And I do have some of the comics now and they're just so fun. And there's anime TV shows and video games. And it's just the funnest universe out there it is it really is and i feel like we should just jump into this with a summary spencer how about we let's go let's do it so in guardians of the galaxy ronan accuser is a little bit of a shall we say knucklehead uh, um mm-hmm. yeah. mild, put it mildly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he currently has plans to purge the universe when Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, unknowingly steals an orb wanted by Ronan, Peter's forced into an uneasy truce with four criminal misfits, gun-toting Rocket, Groot, Gamora, the most dangerous woman in the galaxy, and Drax the Destroyer. And that is Guardians of the Galaxy. Wonderful summary. If you haven't seen this movie since its release in 2014, uh, go watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, they have a nice version on Disney Plus now too. It's they like do. Did super you see they upgraded. Out, yeah, they put out like IMAX versions of everything. Yeah, it looks I'm freaking like, sweet on your your TV right now. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go behind the wardrobe. Brought to us by the genius director James Gunn. Oof. I think he is a genius. That's just a personal opinion. I love, 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 love James Gunn. He's incredible. Incredible. But the equally incredible genius costume designer, Alexandra Byrne, she's back. Yes. We had her for Emma. And now we're looking at Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) You will know her work from the 1996 version of Hamlet, for which she got an Oscar nomination. Elizabeth, another Oscar nomination. Elizabeth, the Golden Age, an Oscar win. Finding Neverland, another Oscar nomination. You know, I've never seen that, but I'm starting to feel like I should watch it. Which one? Finding Neverland yeah. or Elizabeth? At both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I yes was, to both. <laughs> I was specifically talking about Finding Neverland, though. Okay. Um, Thor, Avengers Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, mm. Murder on the Orient Express, Mary Queen of Scots, Oscar nomination, and Emma... Another Oscar nomination. Which we loved. <laughs> which we love. And if you like Autumn Day Wild's Emma, wa- listen to our episode on it. Watch the movie and listen to our episode. It's a good one. It's one of my favorites. Okay, Spencer. You don't need to hop on and agree or anything. Oh, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was smiling and nodding. <laughs> you know, I, this is an auditory... <laughs> platform right <laughs> right 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 i love 
Elizabeth is over me Moving today. <laughs> I love our Emma episode. That was one of those episodes where I was not feeling like I was going to be into it because I've never even read Emma. Um, but Elizabeth really brought me to the dark side. I love that movie so much. And that episode's really fun. It is a fun episode. But let's get it back into Guardians. Uh, Alexandra did some great interviews. In an interview with GQ, Alexandra talks about how like with all the comic book movies, the comic books are the starting place for her research. She said that then she did big mood boards for each character and discussed them with our director, James Gunn. We ended up with about 10 different poster boards. They had everything on there from World War One pilot leather coats to pictures of David Bowie. It all becomes this big melting pot and then you distill it and begin to hone your ideas shape proportion and how the actor moves are very important because it dictates what clothes you're going to pick they have to be clothes not a costume or else you're dead in the water i feel like that was especially important for this because they go all over the galaxy in this movie because i think this is the first movie to like leave earth right and it's all well except for thor but even that it's like mostly on earth there's very little not on Earth or they're in Asgard, like two choices. Right. Which Asgard has like a very already kind of specific look. Yeah. But from the comics, it's Asgard. So you already know what that character looks like. But with Guardians of the Galaxy, they really were starting with no like cinematic background to it already. No. And I love the idea of like already talking about like the pilot leather coats and David Bowie. Like that's clearly about Star-Lord because he pulls a lot of references from Earth, which I think is super cool when it comes to talking about costume design. Definitely. Also, another great aspect of this movie is the color. She said in an interview with the credits, I use color as one of my main tools and I realized on guardians that my use of color is very instinctive. It took me a while to find my sense of color because we were using such strong colors for different types of alien skin tone. Equally, I didn't want to shy away from using strong color in the clothes, which it's like, that's, that makes so much sense. Cause like, it's kind of often that like, Oh, they have strong colors in the sets. Maybe go like, you know, a little less with the costumes because that would make them stand out. But she's like, no, more color. And it's like, ooh, that is like what Guardians is, is more color on top of color. <laughs> right. That's like such a challenge, especially like some of the characters are bright green or bright pink, like hot pink. Yeah. You know? And it's like, but then they're in space. So the like space background is like very like also bright colors, even though it's space, there's lots of color. Yeah, oof, what a challenge. I know. She pulled it off. She also pulled off. This is a huge movie. Lots of like extras, lots of characters, lots of characters. And in an interview with the credits, she was asked the question, you're not new, new at films of this size. Does your process change at all when you're working on Marvel films compared to working on smaller films like Finding Neverland? And she said that whatever the size of the project, we always work hard. There is no end point when designing. When designing, Ideas can keep evolving and growing. Experience means you get better at knowing when you need to stop the ideas and start making so, the, so that the costumes are ready for filming. And it's like, oh, that's such a good point. Like, I can only imagine how many ideas she had for 
Guardians of the Galaxy, like endless, I'm sure. But it's like knowing which ones to like run with. That's where the skill comes in. Yeah. I mean, this film probably was like the ultimate challenge back then. So I thought she just did a brilliant job. This movie really set the tone for so many movies that come after it in terms of the MCU. Yes. I mean, yes. they created theme park rides. They created video games. Like so much came from this small movie that a lot of people probably weren't even rooting for at the time. So I'm so excited to get into it. I have my cassette tape player ready and my alien blasters. Let's get this thing going. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dan, audio engineer of the Blogcast. Just wanted to let you know that if you'd like to support the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash theartofcostume. There we post unheard bloopers, highlights, and bonus episodes just for our patrons. Make sure to check out the description for all of our links. And thank you for all of your support. to dive into Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm ready. Let's do it. Kind of. Except the movie really starts really sad. <laughs> I know. Okay. I had forgotten how sad... Because it's it's been a hot second since I watched this. And I'd forgotten how sad this was. And I'm like in my room like choking up like... <laughs> it's mom! <laughs> like... <laughs> feeling it's, so sad. It's very sad, but um, first of all, the character that plays young Peter Quill is Wyatt Olaf, and I love him because he's from the It films. Yes. So you, you really get to see his growth. You're like, he was such a young little boy, and now look at him now. He's such a cool guy. I know. He really is. Like, I wasn't even thinking to, like, look up, like, the actor's name, because, like, most child actors, like, they they might do, like, one big thing and then, like, nothing else. Like, that's how it goes a lot of the time but then i saw i saw his picture in imdb and i was like i know that kid <laughs> right um but that very first costume that young peter quill is wearing you might just think it's just like a kid but like his costume really says a lot about the person he's gonna be he has the same like headphones that he's because yeah. he's taking these things with him when he gets kidnapped and taken to mm -hmm. space so he's taking the headphones and his music and the shirt that he's wearing. Like it really identifies him as a character. Yeah. Because it's really setting a tone for his life as an adult. Yeah. And it's so like Midwest 80s, the flannel, the denim, the camp shirt, like very 80s, very versatile for going up into space as well. Right. I he mean, he can keep warm with his flannel. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he was ready to go. It's like he almost knew this was going to happen. So that's right, great. Right. His little backpack. He had everything. <laughs> <laughs> but then it quickly jumps ahead. What? 26 years later. And we have the brilliant Star Lord just dancing his way through his missions. I just had to put the clip in here because this opening credit sequence of him dancing 
changed my life, I think. I don't know. I was like, I didn't know credit sequences could be this interesting. Right. It was really fun. It's was, This was kind of like the big beginning of like of Chris Pratt too. Like he was doing Parks and Rec and I believe this is when he got all built because he was going to this Marvel film. Yeah. And this is like his big premiere. Like everyone was like, oh my gosh, is that is that Andy from Parks and Rec? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alexander was actually talking about it a little bit because he really did. They didn't say, they didn't tell him to like get in shape. They were like, it's whatever you want to do. But he made the choice to like really like get in shape. And she was, talked about a little bit she said she was like yeah we had to keep guessing like what his silhouette was gonna be because he kept working out working out working out so it was really a kind of like a guessing game in terms of fit but for look they knew what they were going for to gq alexandra said peter's kind of a cowboy or rock star or an outlaw so we wanted scale and movement we needed to believe he could fly in outer space with that jacket and helmet on. It had to fulfill functions that aren't of this world. The danger of doing anything futuristic is that it becomes wacky or pretend. So you need to be grounded in clothing. Oh, I love that. That is a great quote because it's it's so true. Like it is, yeah. it's not really futuristic. It's just like... He's a space outlaw, so he's wearing kind of like a space cowboy, but he's also like very into music, so it has like a very metal feel to it. Like that is Star-Lord. It is Star-Lord. And I like what she's saying. She's like, yeah, it needs to like, you need to believe he'll fly through outer space. And it's like with the leather, I'd never thought of this, but it's like in outer space where nothing has weight, it does give some like weight to how he looks. So it doesn't seem crazy that he's like flying through space. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so while his amazing red leather duster is great for the opening sequence, it's not really practical for the rest of the movie. And he has this great like motorcycle jacket. And Alexandra said to GQ about it, for the second jacket, we tried to find fabrics and textiles that worked with Peter's extended family, the Ravengers. Again, it's something that isn't known to us in this world, so it's quite difficult. The textile artist and I came up with the pattern and, and scale and did lots of experiments with the printing and ombre. As for the zip on the front of the jacket, which looks like a double-edged dinosaur tooth <laughs> i found that at a textile fair in paris there was a lot of refining and different things coming together until we put the jacket on him and said hmm i think that works well it certainly did she was right i mean that's such yeah. like iconic look on peter quill as star lord it is and it looks so simple just like when you see it from the front but then you see it from the side and there's all these like different little like buttons and like tabs and just like little details to it that like you don't really get to notice. But it looks like it makes it very easy to move in. Yeah, little buckles are where you can tell it's very durable, um, but also like easy to move around in. It's perfect for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, I love it so much. And I'll just say that the music in this film is still incredible to this day. I listen to the playlist, I kid you not, multiple times a week. It's the only CD that's in my car. So when you get in my car, it plays immediately. 
not because I turn it on. It's just it's the preset like function to my car. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe it. It's all your music. <laughs> like that is what? Oh, she's yelling at her cat. Why are you meowing at me? <laughs> this this cat. I had to wake up at four o'clock this morning for work. So not happy, not happy times. <laughs> this one decides to wake me up at 1.30 in the morning. Nice. Gets off my bed, meows at me until I get off my bed, pick her up and put her back on my bed. <laughs> Insanity. Insanity. <laughs> my gosh. She, she was just really excited to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Anyone was. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> carry on with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're introduced to Karath, one of uh, Ronan's henchmen. And I always loved his look because it's like, you're like, oh, he's a human. And then you're like, Cy cyborg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of an evil guy, Korath. Um, I believe he might be Cree, maybe um, but he doesn't really have the skin tone of Cree. I'm not sure if they all do, though. Um, but yeah, so he's definitely, he works for Ronan, so he has a little bit of a darker look to him. He wears like a black kind of, he has like a darker armor to him. Very scary, but also like kind of humanistic at the same time, which is a lot different than his comic book um, character, which is very, very different. Kind of similar to Ronan, but yeah, just so different. It's very built and bulky and red yeah like, lots of red <laughs> i what i like about his is because like ronin is like a supposed to be like a religious fanatic um and i like korath's armor because it's almost like gladiatorial like very roman yeah and i'm like it fits with ronin so well yeah and with their little soldier guys love these guys i'm like you're evil, but you look cool. Yeah. Korath's troops have like some cool armor on. So I get it. I would I would want to be a part of Korath's crew also. If I had to. If I had to pick an evil crew to hang out with. Yeah. But uh, Peter Quill <laughs> is not interested in hanging out with them. And escapes back to his ship where uh, his lady from the other night is wearing his childhood t-shirt. <laughs> Okay, I did not realize until 10 minutes ago when we were recording <laughs> the beginning of this podcast, I realized she's wearing his shirt from when he was a kid in the hospital. Yeah, like, like I'm 90% sure it's the same shirt, but I'm not positive. But I'm like, it's definitely one of his shirts from when he was a kid. Dang, he kept a shirt in mint condition. Um, right? I don't know. Is it kind of weird to have your lady friend who spent a night on your spaceship to be wearing one of your childhood shirts? Well, yeah, but he forgot she was there and she probably just found it herself. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I love Barit. She's a great character. <laughs> Poor Barit. I'm just like, what did you do after this? What what happened to you? What if she's still living on that ship? Probably. I just have to say though, her the pink like skin color is beautiful. I love it. Yes. They did a great job with all the aliens, especially our boy, Lee P Pace, 
playing Ronin. Oh my gosh, the pie maker's back for a second roll on the podcast. The pie maker's back and he's evil. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lee Pace kills it in this role. He is a scary dude. He is. And just like... Like the veil of armor, how just like he's so decked out. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's an evil guy. His armor is just pure evil, and it's actually probably one of the closest costumes to the comic book reference. Like, yeah, and if you look at most, you know, comic book references and Marvel that references uh, Ronan Accuser because he pops up quite a lot. He does kind of have the same silhouette. So Alexandra definitely was like, we didn't want to mess with the Ronin silhouette. It's very yeah, recognizable. Very scary. Wasn't much more that she had to do. <laughs> I know. And I like it because it fits in with that like religious fanatic. It almost looks like, you know, religious garb, especially with like the veil piece. I'm like, ooh, you're scary. And then especially his little dressing scene. Yeah, <laughs> where everything's getting put on him. I'm like, I, I'm assuming you just like can't remove this until your mission is over. Like, okay, <laughs> right? It's he has quite the morning routine. Um, puts on like a little moisturizer, a little glow, mm -hmm. yellow powder, a little gold dusting, yeah, a little dusting, some black <laughs> <laughs> war paint. <laughs> it's a lot. I and I always loved his like handmaidens. I guess like his. I guess that's what they are because they have like the coolest costumes and they look like like nuns and they're in it for like two seconds. I would honestly love I was thinking about this today. I would love a director's cut of this, but where you learn more about the Nova Corps, like their planet and um, like Ronan's whole deal. Yeah. Like because his planet seems to be like we're not associated with him, but we're also not going to do anything about him. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of great detail in the Guardians of the Galaxy universe, especially the Nova Corps. I would definitely suggest on Disney Plus. I know it's a cartoon, but there's an animated series of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like three seasons long. They're like short, little like twenty minute episodes. It has a lot to do with like the Nova Corps and you learn some like great Ooh. stuff that kind of like accurately displays what happens in the comics to a point. I believe Ronan. Yeah, Ronan does have a role in it too. But yeah, I would love there's so many great costumes in this movie that you don't even get to see because they're there for like a split second. No. Yeah, no. So I'm just saying D Disney Plus. A mini series about everything that happened around this movie. Right. The politics, the intrigue, <laughs> what exactly Ronan's deal is. <laughs> right. Uh, but we're very quickly on Novacore because Peter Quill has something he should not have. But we have the wonderful Stanley. Um, this is one of my favorite cameos, actually, because it's narrated by Rocket, who sees yeah. Stanley talking to this woman. <laughs> mm -hmm. I believe Rocket calls him a pervert. <laughs> it's just like, that's, that's a good joke. That's a it's good hilarious. joke. Um, I just love all these scenes that take place on Xandar. It's like a place yes. that I feel like I would love to live at, you know? I know. More Xandar. <laughs> But we have the broker played by Christopher Fairbank, which I forgot how big a part of this movie he was. 
he's in a couple of scenes and he kills it. He looks crazy, but he kills it. <laughs> and I love his suit because it's like, it looks like just a regular plain old suit, but like the little stand up collar, some of like the smaller details, the purple really like gives it just that little like flare for like outer space. And I'm like, Ooh, I like it. Yeah. It's like a very, like <laughs> this character is very like out of this world, something we've never seen before, but he's wearing like very much like designer clothes that we would see <laughs> on earth. The thing that makes it like more space month, as we would say, would be the collar for me. Like that mm -hmm. standard collar makes it more futuristic to me. Um, yeah, he knows a little bit more than he's letting on. He knows what's going on in this movie. He just doesn't feel like telling anybody unless he gets paid. <laughs> he's just like, I don't want to deal with it, man. I'm done. No, thank you. But uh, who isn't done with it? <sighs> Gamora. Oh, Zoe man. Saldana. I love Gamora. Definitely top three Marvel Cinematic Universe characters for me. I love Gamora. Yes. She is the best. And I'm so glad that she is going to be in the third Guardians of the movie. I know. Guardians movie, because I really thought that she died in Infinity War. I know. And that was very traumatic for me for like that whole year and a half where I thought she might be I, dead. I know. I know. That was like shocking. It was so shocking, especially when she's like, huh, you don't love anything. And he's like, yeah, I do. Push. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but her costume is very cool. It's actually kind of dressed down compared to her more comic book appearances. In the comics, she's usually always like armored from neck down. Um, but she's a little bit more comfortable, I should say, in the film and the following film. But she's like also like super dangerous, though. She doesn't need heavy armor because you're not going to touch her. Like you're not going to no. bring a sword or a blaster to her. So she's just a little bit more comfortable, able to move around easier because she's not worried about you coming close to her. No, nor should she be. And because of that, she's got these this like great, like almost like overall situation with this like very sheer black top and i'm like ooh, yes get it gamora i like it <laughs> i love gamora so much Ooh, she's my she's my movie crush it's gamora yeah i also love all of her rings she's just like i'm not worried about them getting caught on anything they right. won't no if anything they're gonna help her when she beats you up trying to take yeah. the orb away getting punched with all those rings dang <laughs> Gamora's a big deal yeah yeah, she is. Uh, also a big deal is the Nova Corps <laughs> with John C. I always forget John C. Riley's in this. And then he's in it. And I'm like, look at you, man. <laughs> it's so funny. It's definitely like a comic relief. Because when I think of the Nova Corps, they're very, like, very serious, very official. They don't joke at all. And then I cast John C. No. Riley to, like... <laughs> they're a little bit fun they definitely brought like a little bit more humanity to the nova core which usually they're just very statuesque um i love their uniforms they're very badass it, they're they're serious they are serious they're so cool and i kind of like it because like so far xandar has been very like airy and like bright and like modern but then their soldiers are like serious business very like bulky dark colors the little like v on their chest 
I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I can. See, if it wasn't John C. Riley, I'd be a little scared. <laughs> yeah, the the Noah Corps doesn't mess around, and the comics are actually like super extra. And I love how the costume designer she really kind of like brought them down a little bit to make them feel a little bit more realistic and recognizable. Absolutely. And then we also get introduced to Rocket and Groot, and I have to say, Rocket and his little jumpsuits. <laughs> So adorable. They make me so happy. I love Rocket and Groot so much. They bring me so much joy. I'm nervous because with this third Guardians movie that's going to be coming out, it's going to be the end of like this team as we know it, but I think some of them will stick around. I think that's Rocket and Groot. So yeah, I love them. They're so great. Rocket is hilarious. And Groot just like makes you so happy. He's just such a pure, fun soul. I know. <laughs> he is. He is. But um, unfortunately, all of them have now been captured by the Nova Corps. And uh, we're going to take a little break before we look at their prison break. We're going to prison. Yay. Yay. Hi, this is Dan, audio engineer of the Blogcast, here to let you know that if you wanted to support the show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy some awesome TeePublic merch with the Blogcast logo. We have shirts, sweaters, coffee mugs, stickers, and of course, a baby onesie. Thank you for all of your support. prison in outer space i am groot (laughs) wasn't ready for this but um (laughs) their prison uniforms pretty great looking yeah i i love that they put them all in yellow and i love that they even make rocket have to wear the little little yellow prison outfit i guess he wouldn't want to walk around naked either even though he's a raccoon yeah where's that line at what point do we start forcing animals to wear clothing? I don't know. When they become senti- sentient and decide they want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways. I'm very um, confused by that question. Yes. Anyway. The costumes are very specific to each character. Um, Gamora showing off the arms. So she's ready to crush you. Um, Peter's rolling his sleeves up, which is very Peter. And then Drax isn't wearing a shirt because Drax does not wear shirts. He doesn't. He just doesn't. Even in the comics, Drax doesn't wear shirts. It's just you do not put a shirt on this man. And I love they each on the like, I guess, left leg of each prison uniform. There's like what looks like writing. And I always like to think I'm like, I wonder if that says like who they are and what they're in prison for. And it's like you got Gamora, all this black death, like everything. Rocket, a long list of probably like white collar and like 
brawl fights, yeah. Drax, similar like brawl brawl fights and like going crazy. And then you have Peter Quill. It's probably like misdemeanors and right his, his, and like petty theft. <laughs> his track record isn't very big. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I don't know if that's what it is, but I'm like it, it makes me laugh to think that's what it is. I love that idea. That's actually a great concept. I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. Yeah. I, Which I, I often I, I often am not surprised because you're often right about mm-hmm. things. Thank you. I try. But they don't spend long in the prison. <laughs> no. Best prison escape ever. It's so fun. So funny. I love watching them escape. Like that moment when Rocket gets the gun and he's like, oh, yeah, it's just so good. Peter has to take that one guy's leg, which is hilarious. Um, it's just a really great scene. It's actually really fun and beautiful too. Like the way it's shot and effect, like the visual effects, just great. A so extraordinary, good. it's fantastic. But they very quickly go to see the collector, and we have Karina, one of his slaves, who I'm just like, you are creepy and adorable all at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. (laughs) Because it's like you feel bad for her. She's a slave, but she looks like really cute. She's because she's like bright pink alien. And then she's got this like this like pastel pink, like 1960s with the little frills on the bottom and like the like silver accents. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, like maybe the collector got this dress from like Earth or something and she's wearing it. It does look very cute on her. Um, but like something about her too, like you said, like doesn't sit right. Like she's plotting something. <laughs> she's looking for her way out. Oh, she finds it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it turns out the reason the collector wanted this orb is because there was an infinity stone in it. And we get to see Benicio Del Toro as the collector, and he is fantastic. He plays this role so well. Like, he is the collector. And there's so many instances of the collector in the comics. And the costume is, like, almost very accurate to the T also. He's just this this guy of crazy white hair, furs, a dramatic cape. Like this guy thinks he's the shit and he knows it. And his costume says that too. Absolutely. I, I, I love it. Cause he's got like this sheepskin cape with like a leopard print sleeve. And it's just like all these different like textiles and patterns and his, I love his little glasses when they first come in and he dramatically takes them off. I, I'm telling you, something about these glasses, <laughs> like the glasses make people creepy sometimes. We just talked about this on the Gilded Age with, <laughs> with uh, the Van Ryan son. <laughs> and like the collector, it's the same thing. He's wearing these glasses. So like, oh, this dude sucks. And he takes them off and you're like, they're <gasps> cool glasses had though. had those glasses too. Right. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I might it's be like coming a, around to your side, Spencer. <laughs> it's something about these glasses. These like interesting like steampunk type glasses that just automatically make you like kind of a creepy dude. I agree. I agree. (laughs) You know who's also very creepy? Nebula played by Karen Gillan. (laughs) What an interesting character. So I love Karen Gillan. But before this, her big breakout role was on uh, Doctor Who where she played Amy Pond. 
my least oh. favorite of the companions. Oh. So I was kind of biased against her. <laughs> and then she played Nebula and I was like, you're such a terrible character, but I kind of love you. Yeah. Don't mess with Elizabeth and her Doctor Who. She will fight. No. <laughs> I love Nebula. She's great. Um, and I love her costume too because it's very like she has lots of like robotic cyborgish enhancements and her costume really yeah. says that too because it's very like humanoid but also like a lot of like mechanical pieces to it as well. Yeah. And it's there's lots of like access points for her to fix herself like right. oh, <laughs> which man. she often does. And I'm just like oh like what is left of you that is human like yeah not much not much um she's not human but she's not Cree. there's another word for it but i'm not trying to get into that nerdy of a world for you all today (laughs) (laughs) um yeah let's definitely not go there right now i don't think any of us are in a mental space to do that (laughs) since we can't even say people's names apparently um (laughs) But I do love her just like her purple jumpsuit because it's like it's that thing of like the color on the color because she's blue and purple and silver already. And then like even though it's not a bright color, it's a very strong purple that like really pops on top of the rest of it. Yeah, that's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I think it just really has to do with the like lighting on this film too. Like the lighting really complemented the use of color as well. Yeah. Because at first, I bet you in a makeup room, they were probably like, "Mm, I don't know how this is going to work, but it really does. And it's beautiful. It is. It is. Also beautiful. The Ravagers. Beautiful. (laughs) That's a bit of a stretch. (laughs) No, I love their costumes. They're oh, yeah. S- they're so cool. Our space pirates, they look so cool. And you can see where um, Peter Quill definitely gets his style from. Absolutely, because they, they, they're all in the red maroony leather. They're all like, yeah, we're space pirates. What about it? <laughs> they don't care, especially their <clears throat> captain, Yondu. Played by one of your favorites, Spencer. Oh, I love Michael Rooker. He is so good. And I cannot think of anyone else to play Yondu. He is just great at it. Um, Yondu is a old character from the comics, which is lots of fun. Um, but his character in the comics is so camping over the top of his costume. Like he's doing kind of like a crop top type (laughs) off the shoulder moment with some spikes and leather and kind of a speedo situation. And his, um, his fin on the top of his head is like Mohawk style. It's super tall. So when they create this character for the film, (laughs) I'm guessing Alexandra was like, um, yeah, we're going to have to dial this down a little bit. (laughs) I think she was like, hard pass i think that was more like it (laughs) i don't think michael rooker would wear this (laughs) no 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 but it's the ravagers that give them their actual hero looks for the movie are misfits alexandra said to gq the hero looks were defined by the ravagers color was highly important in the film there was quite a lot of color blocking so I wanted the Ravengers to have a distinctive palette, which is a bluish burgundy that goes into a hot sandy burgundy. 
I wanted to make them look individual, but still have a sense of uniform. So there's five generations of Ravenger uniforms all mixed up there. The hero look had to be the latest and the greatest. Chris's outfit was determined by his shape, the guns, and rockets. So there's a lot of practicalities to consider. But practical is good because it cuts your decision-making process. You have to make those things work. So she was like, yes, the Ravengers. The last, I feel like the last like third of this movie is all about the Ravenger look. Oh, yeah. It, it's so funny, though, that they they all have these great costumes. You know, Drax, once again, not wearing a shirt, but he has Ravenger pants on. Uh-huh. <laughs> what I think is funny, though, is that they give one specifically for Rocket. I'm like, did they have a raccoon-sized Ravenger <laughs> uniform yeah. somewhere? <laughs> I love that. Unless the Ravagers have, like, a seamstress on board their ship. <laughs> I like to think one of the Ravengers probably is like the the ship tailor and was like, oh, yes, we can get you something made up real thick. <laughs> like, I feel like that person is on Yondu's crew. Uh, yes, that's so good. And Peter Quill's look, you know, it's very Star-Lord, but still Ravagers as well. And Gamora. I mean, she's just... She looks so fine. So good. So good. Whew. But... Also, in the second half of this, we get a lot more of the Nova Corps, especially Nova Prime, played by Glenn Close. Yeah, how did Again, they score always, Glenn Close I on know, this? <laughs> I know. I'm like, ma'am, what are you looking doing here looking so dapper and beautiful? <laughs> like, I love her costume. The tailoring and like the top part of the suit she's wearing is exquisite. It's beautiful. The pleating, the little like shoulder detail, gorgeous. And then again, we have John C. Riley in something very similar. And it's like, ooh, yes, Novacore has it locked down in terms of matchy match. Okay. <laughs> we love a matchy match moment. <laughs> we do. And then I also love how, like, by the end of the movie, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy are being bankrolled by the Nova Corps. (laughs) (laughs) I love Rocket and Drax. They're just like, took whatever the Nova Corps gave them. And then clearly Gamora went shopping for herself with her cute little like leather skirt number. And Peter was like, what clothes did you salvage from my ship? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so once again, Novacore had like their little seamstress and they were like, we need to whip up a bunch of costumes, one for a raccoon and one for a guy who doesn't wear a shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so they made Drax some really nice pants. Gamora, when she was on Ronan's ship, she must have ran to her bedroom real quick and gathered up some of her clothing. Cause she pulled out this very nice like black number that's just like so good on her. It's very like... Mm-hmm. It's it gives me like very like military officer kind of like Star Wars vibes. Um, yeah, very like imperial officer, very sick. Um, very. This is her like being dressed up for something. You know what? You know what it gives me. I ju- I've been thinking about this all day. It gives me Fifth Element vibes. Mm-hmm. It always goes back to the Fifth Element for yeah. me. <laughs> and peter quill dresses up as much as he would for this sort of thing um yeah yeah and that's gardens of the galaxy you know there's lots of action sequences uh 
Ronan the Accuser eventually loses after a couple dance battles. Groot is crushed in the explosion of the ship, um, which is really sad, but we're given baby Groot. Yeah, uh, worth lots, it for baby Groot. Worth it for baby Groot. I kind of hope in this third film, since we saw like a teenage Groot and and game that we get to see like that grown up Groot again. It'd be cool. I think we will. Yeah. Oh, such a good movie. So, so much fun. Good. I just, I wish we could play music on this podcast. We need to like listen to some, some tracks some, right now. I know. <laughs> I know. I love like the beginning and end of this movie are so sentimental, which I think is really what helps. Like it gets in your heart, man. When he reads the letter from his mom oh, and yeah. her gift of like, was it the most aux- awesome play mix part two or something? Yeah. It's, it just goes straight to the heart. I think one of the reasons why I love this film too, is just, it is so like high energy, upbeat, positive, great music. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, it doesn't leave you really feeling too sad at all. You just feel yeah. happy, just like pure joy, which is why I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not until Guardians start messing with the other Avengers when things start getting sad. <laughs> I know. I know. They should have they should have kept themselves to themselves. Well, like I'm sure fair, Rocket wanted. <laughs> to be fair, Chris Hemsworth did splat onto their windshield. So. That's true. That's true. That was a little unavoidable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but Spencer, are you ready for our favorite game? Oh, you know I am. The one costume to rule them all. One costume to rule them all. Spencer, what was yours? My pick was actually really easy this week. I'm in love with Peter Quill's Star-Lord look. It's just, to me, it's iconic. It's very inspired by, like, the Ravagers pirates he's like a cowboy there's lots of inspiration you could tell that he you know he really draws from his childhood watching movies he talks about in the second one how he loves like david hasselhoff and he talks about kevin bacon and footloose like he draws a lot of his inspiration from like the 80s which you really see that in his costume i also love how heavily inspired his costume is by like music and like metal and rock and roll and David Bowie and all these people he listens to, you could like see that in a costume. Absolutely. It's just a great costume. I just, I love everything about it. And, you know, definitely one of my favorite Marvel costumes of all time. I gotta say that's a good choice, but, um, I gotta go with Ronan. Oh, I should have saw this one coming. (laughs) 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 Miss Pushing Daisies over here. It's like, I love how inspired it is by the comic, but it's also like, it's such its own thing. It's so upgraded. It's so scary and daunting, but it's like, you know, there's meaning behind every piece for him. I love it. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. It's scary. The armor is just so interesting. You could tell it has like lots of like religious sentimental value to Ronan at the same time. So it's it's very serious. Spencer, what are we in this in this month of sci-fi, this month of space? What are we watching next? <laughs> We're actually taking a little bit of an interesting turn. <laughs> um, I'm pleased to say that Sigourney Weaver will be back next yes! week. Yes! Along with Alan Rickman. Yes! And even better, we'll be joined by a very, very special guest next week. 
the man, the myth, the legend, Lord Dan White, our audio engineer, will Lord, be making his hosting debut. Lord Dan White is joining us. <laughs> finally. I hope he remembers. He's probably listening to this episode like I am. <laughs> you are, it Daniel. Was, it was on your it was on Daniel's list of choices of right. what he thought we should do. If this episode flops, Daniel pick this episode this movie. Yeah. <laughs> don't if you're not interested in Galaxy Quest, don't blame us. <laughs> no, I love this movie. I watched it so Same. much growing up and I'm so excited to see it. It's been years. Same. This is one of my mom's favorite movies. So we watched it constantly growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon. Head to our merch store. Get yourself an Art of Costume Blogcast t-shirt, sweatshirt, baby onesie stickers. We have it all. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yeah. Get get your baby a onesie and some stickers. Put some stickers on your baby. That's an Art of Costume. <laughs> Oh, put some stickers on your baby and also put some stickers on your spaceship. Yeah, put some stickers on your spaceship. Yes. Get a bumper sticker for your spaceship. That's Art of Costume. (laughs) Spread the good word of the Art of Costume broadcast into the universe with that bumper sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Into the cosmos. Into the cosmos. Everybody head out into the cosmos and have a wonderful week. See you all next week. See you all next week. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. Peter's forced into an uneasy truth with four desperate misfits. Disparate? Desperate. Desperate. Disparate? Are you talking about disparate? Right. I'm just going to say with four misfits. Let's try that again. Okay. Four criminal misfits? There you go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Peter's forced into an uneasy truth. Damn it. (laughs) Now you got me off. (laughs) Peter's forced into an uneasy truce with four mis... Damn it. (laughs) Okay. like I have to take that out now. No. Okay. We got this. You got it. I believe in you. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to get through this episode at this rate. Yes, we are.